This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. I don't know that I've ever been up in this conference room up on the sixth floor at Luminous Health and Rundle Medical Center, but we are here today with Jan Wood, who is the president of the Foundation for Luminous Health and Rundle Medical Center and the chief development officer, I guess, for the hospital as well. Mm-hmm. And Christine Lasser, who is the executive director of Hospice Cup, which is a race that is coming up on September 17th. So we're pretty excited to talk about, obviously, the race as well as um, learn a little bit more about where Luminous Health ties into that whole thing. But thank you guys very much for inviting me up here. Uh, I am sorry that you only have water and no vodka, but, you know, that's my cross to bear. (laughs) We'll forgive you, John. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Christine, why the Hospice Cup Regatta is coming up on September 17th. Real basic. What is it? Absolutely. So the Hospice Cup is a charity regatta that takes place here in Annapolis. It's always the third week of September. So this year it's September 17th. And we're in our 41st year this year. And it has become quite a standard on most racers' calendar. Um, They know the race date every year and um, kind of a staple for a lot of our sailors to be able to race and to give back to our community. We raise, our mission is to raise awareness and funds for hospice care in our region. So that covers, um, we cover Northern Virginia, PG County, Anne Arundel County, Talbot County, um, as well as D.C. So it really does um, encompass the whole DMV area. This year, the, the ones that we are supporting is Talbot Hospice over on the Eastern Shore, uh, Capital Caring, which serves D.C. and Northern Virginia, Montgomery Hospice that serves uh, PG County as well as Montgomery County, and then our new partnership this year with the Luminous Health Gilcrest Life Care Institute at AAMC. Awesome. Well, I mean, it probably sort of ties in very well. And Jan, you could probably address this as far as you've got your tentacles out there in all sorts of areas in the region, as does Luminous Health. We were talking before we started recording saying that it used to be, well, probably it's called the Annapolis Hospital at some point downtown. It was downtown. Annapolis Emergency Hospital when it was started 120 years ago. Um, and then, you know, when it moved out to here, out by the mall on Jennifer Road, it expanded. But now your footprint is, is very wide. I mean, you're in sort of South Baltimore, Eastern Shore, Prince George's County, Southern Mary. You know, it's... We have, in addition to the main hospital here and then our mental health hospital and addiction care treatment center on Riva Road, we have more than 80 sites of care throughout Anne Arundel County, down into Southern Maryland, Prince George's County, well onto the Eastern Shore, over to Easton and beyond. So we really, and that really was how the name changed from Anne Arundel Health System to Luminous Health to um, be not geographically centered, but really pay homage to the lantern of downtown, which was our original symbol, but also sort of show our breadth of care across the region. Interesting. Christine, again, the trip, this is the triple crown of charity sailing I've, I've heard that referred to and this is the, the third leg we are so we are the last leg of the triple crown um, this year is our fifth year with the triple crown uh, charity regatta and that is composed of the leukemia cup which happens in june um, and then next our friends over at crab uh, they just had their event on august the 20th and then we are the last leg of that with the Hospice Cup on September 17th. And um, what we are trying to do with that, those are the three charity regattas that are here in Annapolis. And so we got together 
and we were trying to think of ways that we could encourage racers to race while fundraising for these wonderful local charities here in our area. And um, so what the Triple Crown does is you have to race in each of the three races, and you also have to fundraise in each of the three races. Um, and we know that racers are competitive on the race course, and we try to have them be competitive off the race course with their wallets. And um, so the winner of the Triple Crown is that team that raises the most money and has the best performance. So it's a formula that we use. And then in October, we announce the winner of that at the Market House in downtown Annapolis. Well, I can't think of three better organizations to pull together. I mean, what, what we've got, I mean, you know, hospices, leukemia, and, you know, Crab is just doing absolutely wonderful things. Well, how do we participate in Hospice Cup Regatta? I mean, do are you still accepting any kind of boats? I mean, obviously they can't sail in the uh, Leukemia Cup or the Crab Cup because they've already been. But We absolutely are still taking racers, and um, our sign-up is till uh, September the 3rd uh, for regular registration, but they can certainly sign up after that. But we do encourage to avoid that late fee to sign up by September the 3rd. We typically get anywhere from 80 to 100 boats that race in the regatta. Um, And we've added in the last couple of years, we've added some different fleets that have joined. So we have the Snipes, which are smaller boats that do a race course a little closer to land. And they join us and they typically bring anywhere from 15 to 20 boats. So we're happy to have the Snipes on board. And then another cool thing is we have the hospice class. So it's a little bit different than some of the other races because we're trying to encourage those who typically don't race to come out and enjoy a day in the water and fundraise. So we're talking our cruisers out there that maybe have never raced, but uh, we would like to, you know, make it friendly for them to come out for the day. And so we have a hospice cup class where they can come out and race and just enjoy a day on the water. So that's, we certainly have our hardcore fleets, but then we also have a more laid back one. Right. (laughs) I know the the Crab Cup had their party at the end, and I'm assuming that you guys have some sort of a soiree at the end of the... uh... We do, yes. Is that open to the public? It is, yes, absolutely. Um, It's definitely a little bit more low-key than we've done in prior years. We kind of reimagined it during COVID, and um, it's been a nice fit for us. So we do it at Horn Point Marina right there in Eastport. And if you've been there, it is one of the best views of the bay. I mean, it is stunning. Mm -hmm. So um, we have Orlando Phillips on the steel drums. Oh, he's awesome. He's Wonderful. And we have uh, Oyster Shucker. We'll have a food truck. And certainly the Dark and Stormies will be flowing. So Fantastic. Well, this is all. We can find information at hospicecup.org. There's plenty of ways to participate. I mean, you can sail. You can come to the party. You can watch. You can donate. Just write that check or bring out that credit card. and love uh, that. And you've got and you and you've got merch on there. I, I saw you brought a, a wonderful poster for the Hospice Cup XLI, and I'm down on my no. Let me see. I'm at 50, 40, come on, come on, 41. <laughs> 41? You, 41. You said that there at the go. beginning. Okay. Yeah. And this is your signature event, right? This is this is yes. your event. Yeah, we certainly have events leading up to it to raise awareness, and we usually um, we're going to be doing an artist reception in Talbot County at the Tredavon Yacht Club on September the eighth. 
Um, we try to do smaller events leading up to the Hospice Cup, but this is certainly our main event. Uh, one Another cool piece of the Hospice Cup that we do every year is that we have an artist competition. So it usually happens around uh, April, and we ask local artists to submit artwork. And um, it's run by the Maryland Federation of Art. Our friends over at the Circle Gallery yep. are the ones that actually run the competition. And then we have an evening where we have all of those that entered, their artwork is displayed, and we ask the public to come and vote on their favorite piece. And that piece becomes the Hospice Cup Artwork of the Year. Uh, this year is our, and I have it here, is our, uh, it's called Running Tide in Pursuit. It's by William Sutton. He's a local watercolor artist and uh, big racer. He's a big Harbor 20 and J105 racer. And Bill is super talented. And uh, this is a really beautiful piece. So. It's a beautiful picture. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah. So he'll be uh, signing some of our posters. They're for sale uh, for $50 if people want to buy them and participate that way. They should buy them and they participate. Should. And they shouldn't yes. want to. They should. That's, yeah, there's, there's no question about it there. And you're probably, you know, come September 18th, you're probably pushing the reset button and starting for 23, right? We are. Yep. We're looking at ahead and we're looking at ways that we can, um, you know, raise more and, and have more of a reach. And so, yeah. And fig- figure out how to do it. Hospicecup.org is where everybody wants to go. Check it out. Uh, you want to check out the artwork. It's beautiful. And um, if you can get down to the party. And that's on the 17th after the race. So what, 5? Five? 5.30 to 8.30. We'll be down at Horn Point Marina. Yes. Can't miss it because you hear the steel drums are going. That's right. But Just follow the music. That's right. Well, a, a question there. Now, the, the race itself benefits area hospices. Where does Luminous Health tie into this? So we have uh, the Luminous Health Gilcrest uh, Life Care Institute that provides hospice and palliative care, uh, both for our patients in the hospital as well as at um, care sites in folks' homes, in skilled nursing facilities, and other places. This is a relatively new program for us. Uh, We're very pleased to have an actual hospice and and palliative care team embedded in the hospital and embedded in our community full-time that can respond to the needs of our patients and families in a very timely manner and provide really top quality care. It's a partnership that we've created with Gilcrest, which is the 25th largest, highest-ranked hospice care provider in the country. I'll tell you, hospice, as a, again, as a concept, both of my parents have passed away, but they were went through hospice down there, and I can't sing the praises of it loudly enough. Care is provided here in our hospital, here on Jennifer Road, and then we will go out to homes and, and to skilled nursing facilities and other care facilities okay. wherever the patient or the family is either spending their last days of life and needs that care and or we do a lot with palliative care and that's really comfort care for folks who um, may have chronic pain issues or or chronic diseases that need um, different types of palliative and comfort care that's an important part of our program as well oh it it totally is well i want to talk a little bit about the foundation because i mean that's as as a young young man i just kind of assumed that my health insurance or if i didn't have it the you know, my wallet supported all this building. Obviously, as I've grown older, I realize that that's not the case. But in, and we've got a separate foundation for Anne Arundel Medical Center, Luminous Health. 
And what does the foundation do and what does it support as far as the hospital goes? So I will tell you that Anne Arundel Medical Center started with a gift of philanthropy. When we were founded 120 years ago, there were a group of nurses who said that we really need care locally. They were actually um, building the Court of Appeals building and workers were getting hurt on the job site and having to be transported to Baltimore or to DC. And in some cases not making it, bleeding out before they could get there. And so it was a group of nurses who said, we need some sort of an emergency hospital here. And a local businessman donated his farmhouse and the nurses originally donated their time. And so this hospital, as much as any hospital in the country, is really steeped in philanthropy from its very beginnings. And when folks look at our our beautiful campus and say, well, look at your beautiful campus, you don't need my money. And the answer is the reason this campus exists, the reason it looks the way it does is because families for generations before us said, we need to invest in our community hospital. And so we are what we are because of the generations before us that that gave so generously. Well, as you drive around the campus or if you walk around the campus, depending on what it is, if you've been in the area for any amount of time, the names will all sound very familiar to you. Brunetto and uh, DeCesaris and uh, Belcher and, you know, everything. Yeah. We've been very fortunate with some very um, generous transformational gifts. And yet I will tell you, this hospital was built on a lot of thousands, you know, $500,000 gifts. And um, I think that is sort of the difference. Um, We are a community hospital um, and very proud, and we're an independent health system. We're not part of a large teaching system um, or part of a state health system that has state funds. We are a, a small independent health system, which we enjoy because it allows us to really focus our efforts on meeting the specific needs of the community, as opposed to being part of a big system and being dictated by that. Well, one thing I'll point out, too, is that with the, you briefly mentioned the place on Reba Road, and that's the McNew Center, and I'm going to screw Correct. up that name, Mc, but it's McNew Mc, Medical Center. McNew right? Medical Center, which is pretty much mental health. Correct. And that, mental health. And that is something that was not really a thought. 20 years ago. And I know through Denims and Diamonds and Diamonds and Drivers and all of the fundraisers that the foundation has done, that's really been a focus of it because we've seen that. And you had mentioned that when they were building up down here and you had guys that were getting hurt and bleeding out going to Baltimore, same situation we had with mental health here where they were running up from here to Shepherd Pratt to say, oh, sorry, we don't have any room for you. Absolutely. And, and you know, a mental health hospital and an addiction treatment facility, which is pathways adjacent to McNew Medical Center, those will always be area, uh, care facilities that will lose money. I mean, they, they simply will, simply because reimbursement in this country for those types of illnesses and diseases does not match reimbursement for traditional physical um, diseases. And if you're part of a large system, very often you won't have the permission to build those kinds of facilities, even though your community might need it, because they are always going to be... How do we get paid for it? Correct. Um, And I think we take great pride in saying what matters to us is meeting the needs of our community. And philanthropy is a way that we can say, we're going to do this because it's the right thing to do for care. And then we're going to work with the community um, through various efforts to then support that care. And hospice and palliative care is is similar. Um, You know, we have programs like our Veterans Salute 
for veterans as they are at the end of life and other important programs like that that are very meaningful to patients and families but aren't covered through reimbursement. So wonderful partnerships like the Hospice Cup are how we can fund those very meaningful programs. And I think that's really where the foundation of philanthropy comes in. There is treatment and then there's care. And I think what transforms something from being treatment, which are the medical procedures and the um, medications and all of those things. And then there's care, which are nurse navigators who help you through your care journey and uh, genetics counselors who help you um, and your family navigate your health and child life specialists and veterans salutes and all the things that aren't medical treatment, but they are care and they're caring for the whole patient and the whole family. And I think that's what we take great pride in is that patient and family centered care. I guess it would be real easy to fix a broken leg and send somebody out on, on their way and just be done with them and submit the bill. And uh, it's just not the way to live. It's not. And you know, the reality is if you look at any of the 46 hospitals in the state, we all basically have a lot of the same equipment and the same medications and the same procedures But what makes care special, I think, here and what makes these community partnerships so special is those adeds, those care differentiators, we call them, that really make the care experience personal and patient and family-centered and and meaningful at every stage from birth to death. Well, I do find that Annapolis in general is a very giving community. When Sailor Oyster Bar burns down, I mean, the, the city rallied. Uh, you know, when the tornado came through here, I mean, the city rallied. As dysfunctional as all of our families may be or the city may be, when push comes to shove, we do rally. And um, we are a very caring community. I mean, certainly there's a zillion and one different events that go on that benefit a, a number of things. I worked with the uh, Community Foundation for a number of years on when they did their great give. And I'm looking at the list. There's like 740 nonprofits. And, you know, as, as you go through, you look like, Wow. And is, is there the need for it? And you sit there and go, yes, yes, yes. But, you know, and, and certainly the need for Luminous and Ronald Medical Center is much greater than the one that's, you know, buying basketballs for the Boys and Girls Club. We are the nonprofit that literally touches everyone at every stage of, of their lives. And, you know, it used to be that philanthropy was the icing on the cake. It was the, the money that went to buy the new piece of equipment or build the new building. And even before COVID and and even much more so with COVID, philanthropy is now the cake. Philanthropy is how we are keeping some of these programs alive because they're not covered through reimbursements. They're not covered through insurance um, payments. And yet they are vital to our patient and family's experience and health. And so... Well, I know I had a conversation not too long ago with, uh, and, and it was a nonprofit that I didn't realize, but Bo's Effort and Katie DiPaolo. And just, you know, what they had done through mental health and everything else, it's pretty amazing. There's any number of different ways that you can work to help, whether it be Hospice Cup for God or whether it be work with Anne Arundel Medical Center. I mean, I know uh, probably on certainly different levels, you're talking on a much higher level as far as, I mean, you can, the, the hospital foundation can look to estate planning, you can look to outright gifts, you can look to plan giving and, and, and everything as stocks and, you know, not not this week, it's looking horrible, but, you know, wait, wait till, wait till it recovers a little bit before you give those away. But, and, and you've got the events. I mean, you partnered up with the Hospice Cup. Uh, you mentioned Fish for a Cure, which is coming up in November. Briefly talked about Denim's 
not denims and driver, diamonds and drivers, which is uh, denims and diamonds morphed into golfing. Right, right. COVID-friendly events. But but these are great community partnerships. You know, we truly are a community hospital, and we take that very seriously. And when we can see community partners that are doing great things and we can work together to make each other stronger, that's, that's what community is all about. Do you guys need volunteers to help run the Hospice Cup? Do you need volunteers to help run the hospital? I mean, anybody need to like... You know, I always say there there <laughs> we'll are so many... <laughs> yeah, there, there are so many. We need volunteers. They are an uh, indispensable part of our workforce. And volunteers are, are really doing very important work in our emergency departments, in our various units of care, in our gift shop that raises money for the hospital. So volunteerism is, is really critical. There's also a very significant blood shortage here in our community and nationally. When you donate a, a pint of blood, you are not only saving a life, but you are making a major contribution to this hospital. If we have to buy blood from the Red Cross or other sources of blood, it will cost us anywhere from 600 to $800 per pint. Blood is actually a commodity that we buy from the Red Cross or somewhere else if we need it. So every time someone's willing to donate platelets or donate blood, that is a huge gift to our hospital, and we're really grateful. Well, anybody that's listening, go back and listen to the uh, episode we did with the blood center, blood donation center, and uh, find out how to do that. Get a blood drive at your at your neighborhood, Please. at your work. Um, wherever it is, because personally, I used to donate through the Red Cross, and I don't mean to diss on the Red Cross because they do some wonderful things. They do. Um, but to your point, I mean, we are a community. We're good at being a community. And honestly, if I'm going to give give some blood, I'd much rather it go to you that happens to wreck on the way home from this meeting uh, than gosh knows where it's going to go. You know, and, and they told me, they said, you know, hey, if we're, if we're rich in blood, yeah, we absolutely will send it out to somebody in need, um, but typically not. What more do we need to know about Hospice Cup? Yes, yeah, so, you know, oh, one of the other things I wanted to mention to Jan's point um, regarding some of the programs that are not covered by insurance, um, one of the focuses that Hospice Cup has had the past few years is that we focused a lot of our efforts and our fundraising towards grief counseling. So that is an area that um, is not covered by insurance and especially with COVID, so needed our community. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily, you know, they may just think, you know, hospice and think of the patient, but they don't think of the whole picture and everyone that it touches. And so the grief counseling piece of this is huge and it affects the families. And I know personally, my father was under hospice care and at the time didn't have my own children, but my siblings did. And the services that were offered to my nieces and nephews after my father's passing. And all of that is is um, part of this whole thing. And so um, that has been a focus to raise money for the grief counseling that is not typically um, That's covered a great by point, Christine. I, I totally missed that. And again, again, when my father passed away, I mean, there was, I'm up here in Maryland and he was down in Florida, but there were the phone calls every week or so. Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? Can we help you from here? Or can we hook you up with somebody up north? Uh, to figure it out. And it's, it's, it is all, I mean, it's a larger community just as we are here as well. But that's, uh, you know, hospice is, I don't know, you, you go into it and you're not quite sure what it is. But, but once you do experience it, somehow you realize the, the benefit uh, that it is. And it's all about the, unfortunately, at the end of life, but it is about the quality of life that 
you have up until the very end. And I think the timeliness of the service is so important. One of what we wanted to create when we created this program and that we are proud of and very committed to is that our hospice care providers are embedded in the hospital and embedded in the facilities where we're caring for our patients so that when hospice is needed, we can begin that care very, very quickly and um, not have any delay of care for the families. And sometimes um, things can can go downhill quickly, and you don't want to miss out on having that, that care and that service in a timely way so that the family can and the patient can receive all the benefits that it provides. Well, it does sound like this is an outstanding partnership between the two organizations. And, and I, I didn't realize, I kind of thought that you were like maybe a subsidiary of, but it's just a great partnership. Community, great communities thrive on great partnerships, and we are, we are so proud to be a part of this event. Well, if you want to sail, if you want to party, if you want to just watch, or if you want to buy some merch at uh, for the Hospice Cup, you want to go to hospicecup.org. And if you've got a hole burning in your wallet and a hole burning in your time and you want to volunteer or learn a little bit more about the foundation, aahs.org. And that will take you to the foundation. You can see all the great work that they are doing with you know Jan and your team and everything else, too. Just Google us at Luminous Health Anne Arundel Medical Center Foundation and We'll pop up all over the place, and we're excited to be connected to our community in every way. And looking forward, Fish for a Cure is November 5th, so you want to keep that on uh, on your calendar. Make sure that you are donating to some boats that are fishing. They're all, always a lot of fun. I mean, I know um, Chad from Liquefied Creative last year, he uh, agreed to kiss a fish for, you know, and and he and he did. He stuck up a lot. A lot of the challenges that go out. And speaking to Christine's point about the competitiveness between uh, anglers as well. And I'm, I'm presuming diamonds and drivers will be back again sometime in June, maybe. We're we're going to wait and see what happens with all sorts of healthcare things. And but we're going to be partnering with uh, Bo's effort um, in the spring, as well as Nico's Golf for Hope, both of which will support mental health and addiction care in our community. So those are definitely coming in the spring. Fantastic. HospiceCup.org and AAHS.org. Christine with Hospice Cup and Jan from the hospital. Thank you guys so much for your time today. Thank you for having having us, us, John. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at IonAnnapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.